Everybody, welcome back into the New Norm Podcast. I'm your host Pierre, and um, today we have a very special episode planned for you today. There's a lot to discuss with both the Sixers and the Eagles, but um, I think we're going to stay on the Sixers side today. And to help us break down the whirlwind of news concerning them, we're joined by Sixers beat writer from the Painted Lines, Austin Crow. What's up, man? Welcome to the pod. Going on, Pierre. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Man. Yeah, man. I remember when I first started. You know, you were one of the first people to respond to me. You told me if I needed anything, you know, to hit you up. So. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Of yeah. course. So um, before we really get into it, uh, could you talk to us a little bit about like your journey as a writer and, you know, how you got to where you are? Yeah, um, I had a job lined up coming out of school and um, I was just in the gym one day and I was on Twitter um, and I just sort of said, I'll, I'll give this a shot and see and see what it see what it's like, just because. Uh, it was it, the team was good and it was something that it, it always piqued my interest and yeah. it kind of just sort of turned into something where I felt like it, it was uh, where I belonged in, in a lot in a lot of sense and it was like something I thoroughly enjoyed doing that is a job really um, in, in in the modern world and um, you know ever since then it's just sort of been like the things that normally you know like uh staying up late to do the work um uh networking you know going the extra mile diversifying the way that you do things those are all things that if it's a job you don't like to do you get like you 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 come up with excuses not to do them and i felt like i outwardly enjoyed all the little things that you need to do to get better um and that was sort of like my, my realization that, hey, this is, this is more than just like a hobby. This is something that's real to me. Um, and ever since then, it's just sort of been me building my way up into doing this full time. And uh, not, not quite there yet, but uh, we're getting there. We have some things in store. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so um, as a launching point, uh, let's, I think we can jump into the draft first, which like leading up to there was a lot of chatter about a, a potential Ben Simmons trade from the Warriors having interest to the Miami Heat being one of the top candidates to trade for him. But the draft is coming on and Ben Simmons is still a 76 or uh, why do you think what or what do you think is the hold up? Um, I, I, well, I, I, I think really the, the question is, how do we. You know, internally, I think their question is, how do we, you know, get the guy that we want? Yeah. And it isn't really as much about who that guy is, because there's only like two or three guys that you could plausibly, you know, have your eye on, like Dame, uh, Brad Beal, and then maybe there's a wild card out there. Let's just call it, let's call it Zach Wayne for, for whatever reason. Let's just say it's that. Um you know, it's just about how do we, what do those teams want in a rebuild and how do we acquire the assets to get there? And I think 
in some ways, what Houston did when they traded Harden was that their line of thought was, we don't want an established all-star. Um, we want, you know, we want a fresh rebuild and to have the, 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 the flexibility to do it our way and, and not be bound to building around a certain guy. Yeah. And I, me personally, I'm always a subscriber to you take the guy that's an established star hundred percent of the time, because you just never, maybe none of those picks it. And then yeah. what? you gave him up for nothing. Um, so, you know, but I, I could see that line of thought, but I, I think there is some sort of thought potentially around the league that, you know, maybe maybe there is more than one way to go about trading your franchise player, and maybe it isn't such a ridiculous idea to not take not not take the guaranteed star if there, if there is one. And so, I, I I think Portland, everything that I've heard suggests that they would enjoy a flexible rebuild the way that Houston would be. That means picks. Um, so I think that's where you're seeing these three team deals with like Golden State. Um, getting Ben and then, you know, a bunch of assets coming back to Philly and then Daryl flips them to go to, to Portland and get, to get Lillard. Um, you know, I, I, I think really what, it, what it's about is what, is there a team out there that really is, is attracted to the idea of, of building with rebuilding with Ben Simmons and what is the alternative for them? Um, and so, with with, with with Portland, I, I, I think, you know, Ben gets you younger, but he's still 25. Yeah. Um, he's a flawed star at that. Maybe he finds a way, you know, in a smaller market where he's not on national television every night to really get back to that, you know, to, to, to unlock that portion of his game. But I think there's a reasonable line of thought that, hey, Philly's draft picks, down the line are more valuable than Ben Simmons is to us. I mean, it, find me three or four better teams right now that are likely to be rebuilding in five years. I mean, the Sixers would probably be number one candidate to be for a rebuild in five years or so. So <clears throat> I think that's where you kind of at the way, do we care about Ben Simmons more than the draft picks? And if we do, we'll take Ben. And if we don't, we'll take their picks plus, you know, Tyrese Maxey or whatever it takes. Yeah. So do you think that line of thinking um, as far as like uh, as far as them um, being more inclined to trade for, you know, one of the three guys that you mentioned and uh, Damian Lillard, Levine and Bradley Bill, you think that line of thinking can explain why we saw why we've seen the um, reported trade like when they were I think when they were engaged with Cleveland, they asked for like half their roster and like a bunch of pick swaps. You think that line of. I can explain yep. that. Yeah, I, I, I do think that. I, yeah. I think I think Daryl's goal right now is to, if they don't want Ben Simmons, I have to find a way to turn everything I can, all the assets I have, into first round picks or young, you know, young uh, first, second, third year players, and that I think that's sort of along the lines of what he's trying to do at the moment. Um, <clears throat> I have a suspicion that maybe they're shopping for Con Corkmaz. Um, and maybe trying to turn that into a first round pick, no, whether, whether they can get there, I don't know. Maybe Daryl is just trying to sort of float around the market and see what the value is of, of those peripheral assets. Um, 
you know, it'll, it'll be time will tell, but I think right now what you're seeing is a lot of, a lot of attempt by non Sixers people to say like, Ben doesn't want to come back. Ben's this, Ben's that everything I've heard from, I've, and I've heard this from multiple people suggests that Ben would like to return to Philly. He, he, he you know, it isn't, it isn't the way that it's been reported to be um, and that, and that he would have interest in coming back um, to, to Philly. Um, and I think Daryl right Daryl Morey and company right now are, are sort of scanning the markets, seeing like, okay, how many, how many assets can we, you know, how many draft assets can we get for these pieces that are not Joel Embiid and, 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 you know, whomever else. Yeah. Um, and I think that's sort of the game they're playing right now. I, I think what, you know, I, there, there has been, there has been some increased chatter as of the last week or so about the progress of a deal. Ultimately, I do think that the Sixers are the favorites to get Lillard. Um, just because I think the Sixers are very, very motivated to get something to, to make this trade happen. Uh, not, not just because they want to wa- not watch themselves, but they want to, you know, they, 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 they clearly know that Ben Simmons career arc is on a different timeline and they can afford to follow. Yeah. And so I, 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 I get the sense that, you know, they, they're motivated, they're motivated to make a deal in that because they, they didn't get Lowry, they didn't get Harden. They just got embarrassed in a seven game series by the Hawks in the second round. And they feel like they have wasted an opportunity. And I, I don't think that they're willing to play with that, you know, play with that fire any further. And so when the time comes, I think they're going to lay it on the table and say, this is what we have for you. I challenge you to find that, find something better than this on the market. Go ahead. And, uh, you know, I think they did the right thing by hiring Damian Lillard shooting coach, bringing him in there. I don't know what his role is within the organization. Um, I don't know if maybe they don't get Damian and then they fire him immediately. Who knows? Um, but I, I think they're doing all the right, they're pulling all the right buttons and, and, and Daryl is playing chess right now. Yeah. And um, on previous episodes, you know, we've the thing about Maury, you know, like we've outlined, he isn't gonna, he isn't the type of uh, general manager to just make a trade for the sake of making one. Yeah. Um, value matters to him. Yeah, um, I mean, he 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 has never been one to be afraid of awkward chemistry. Um, amid you know, a, a, after 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 a, a you know an off season of saying now we're not going to do this, we're not going to do that, or you know, have, have letting rumors float out there, he's not afraid of that. He's always valued talent first and foremost. He tried to trade like four first round picks or whatever it was for Jimmy Butler. Um, so I, I I don't think he's I don't think he's shy in saying just give me the talent and and we'll figure it out from there. Yeah. But um, jumping back into the draft, uh, the Sixers, they selected Tennessee two-guard Jaden Springer. And me, I'm honestly not too big of a college hoops head, but um, I know you're kind of on top of it. Um, the main two things I know about him is he plays scrappy defense and he's extremely athletic. And on the other hand, he also trains with the guy that might have broken Markel Fultz. But nevertheless, uh, what did you think of that pick? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know yet. Um I've done my evaluation of him. I can tell you that um, I think it's going to be a long road um, until he's ready for real NBA minutes. Um, I see a guy who has a very, you know, he, he, he is fine positional size for a guard. 
Um, he digs in a defensive stance as a low center of gravity. All those things matter defensively, having a low center of gravity, having choppy steps. He has good principles there. He's a fine team defender, I think. Very incredibly quick hands, best part of his defensive game. Um, his jump shot's very rigid, and I think that limits his ability to shoot off movement, and I think that's something that the Sixers need is his ability to shoot off movement and come off screens and, and shoot quickly. So I think he's going to be offensive, offensively challenged at times in the early goings of his career. I, I think this is a guy you're going to see in the G League for a season or two before he's really ready um, to, to, to make an impact on an NBA team in a positive way. Maybe the Sixers just didn't like their offers with the, what we know with the, the trade the picks, but they just said, all right, we'll take this guy. We graded him highly. He's a, you know, high ceiling, low, low, low risk, you know, high reward kind of guy. Um, and, you know, maybe he never pans out. Maybe he doesn't play much for them at all ever. And it ultimately ends up not on the team when all is said and done. But I, I think it's a long way for him to become an NBA ready player this year. I think Daryl Moore has even said and implied that in his press conferences that um, it usually doesn't happen first year for rookies, which is kind of a lie. It can, it can certainly I mean you've seen second round picks when we're in when rookie of the year. Um, so, you know, I, I will, time will tell. I think right now he's a long way to go before you ready. Um, do you think that his potential defensively, like down the road, do you think that that can maybe make Matisse Stoppel expendable in a trade for, say, Damian Lillard along with Ben? No, I don't. Um, and and here's why. I think I I I I think like with Thibel, right? You have this incredibly versatile position defender. Like he can he can follow guards through screens. He can do, he can credibly guard one through three. He can help it. He can help off of a four and, and, and be there to help and, and, and make plays. Um, if he develops that three point shot and becomes a better cutter and more intuitively, and does it consistently, you're talking about a guy that I think can push for all-star candidacy someday. Mm. His defense, Bible's defense is that good. Um, so I don't think that would be the case. I think if they had to choose, they would ultimately always choose to trade Jaden Springer. I don't think any level of development would really make them comfortable with with, with parting with Thibel. I'll tell you this, Thibel is beloved in that organization. Um, Doc has said that he, you know, Doc has told the media that he sees a lot of himself in Thibel. Um, they love what he gives them defensively. They, there were trades that they turned down during the season that for, 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 you know, upgrades, at, at different positions because the teams wanted Bible and they're like, no, nah, we can't do that. Yeah. And um, so I, I think he's very high up on their board. Now, if will they part with him and get Damian Lillard? Maybe that's possible. I would also say that if the, 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 the Blazers say like, okay, we need, uh, you know, you guys can keep Matt Tyrese Maxey. We want him to stable. I think there's a conversation that needs to be had about that. I think that's a very, a very favorable trade if you can find a way to not include Tyrese Maxey, but instead include Dybul. So, I think you, I think you do that deal 10 times out of 10. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly would. Um, now again, I, I think Dybul's held in high regards in the organization, um, but um, you know, depends on how the deal plays out. Yeah. And um, I know you had to cover the summer league game for the painted lines. So uh, what were your impressions of that on uh, yesterday? <laughs> um. 
people were like, oh my God, here he is. Like <laughs> eyeballs arrived, like stop the presses. This is the guy like don't trade for like, no one said this, but the hype, the hyperbole was, you know, don't change, don't trade for Damian Miller. Like I can't believe you have to trade him for this guy. Um, let's, let's calm down. Right. Let's, let's like, like summer leagues, a nice environment. It's, it's good basketball to sort of, you know, for people who are craving it, a lot of these players are, are there on favors. They're on favors from, from, from agents, uh they're on favors from you know, people close to the coaches or whatever close to the players they're they're family they're family members of players you know that, that aren't really nba players but they're 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 siblings are in the organization like yeah bring my brother in or bring my cousin in, whatever um they're not you know he, he's doing this against non-nba defense right you're talking um, about maxi right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um and he's doing this against not in like a, like a not real NBA defense. Right. And so he looks good when you put him in that light, cause he's an experienced NBA player. Um, I would, I would like to see him do it against a real NBA defense and experienced NBA defenses where the physicality is there. The calls are, are the, the officiating is more geared towards the NBA level player. The pace is there. Um, this is sort of his playground yesterday. So I, it, it was good to see him make, you know, some, some sidestep threes, some self-created threes, but I ultimately think it it's, it's all looks better when you're in the summer league because yeah. you're not playing real NBA defenses there. So we'll see. Uh, I was impressed by him, but I'm not ready to anoint him the, you know, the, the exception to the Damian Lillard trade. <laughs> yeah. And um, with Springer, I know he finished with 11 and I saw him, you know, he played some really nice defense. Um, what did you think of his performance? It kind of just kind of like he 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 it was kind of quiet to me. I mean, yeah. you know, he he he's still he's still very small. Um, I think he was a little bit more willing to shoot, which is a little bit surprising to me. And from the games that I saw of him in college, he was not as willing of shooter. Um, and so I thought he was sort of you know he was a little less selective. He was willing to pull the trigger. I still think like he struggles to get over screens a little bit um, and that's going to make him a liability on defense. Cause if, if, if it, you're kind of confined to switching on screens defensively, if, if, if you have a guard there that can't get through screens. So I think ultimately that that's going to be a problem that surfaced itself to yesterday and that it's going to remain a problem until he's bigger and bulks up, but um, we'll see in, in due time. Yeah. And um, so uh, jumping back, uh, I guess, to current day after the draft in free agency, uh, they improved the margins a bit, I think. And I think they established some continuity and re-signing Cork Moss and Danny Green, who um, I think he operates as sort of like the glue of the starting lineup. And they also replaced Mike Scott with one of the better stretch forwards in the league. And I hope I say his name right. George's Niang. George Niang. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And they also added a high-end backup center, Andre Drummond. Um, what did you think about what they were able to do in free agency? Yeah, so Drummond, I I think anytime you can get a guy on a minimum deal, it's generally going to be a, a hard deal for you to lose um, because even if he performs badly, you're like, well, he was on a minimum deal. What do you yeah. like? What can you say? Um, sure, a stretch five would have been good. I think that was sort of Daryl's way of saying we want you to play Paul Reed more. If you really need to stretch up five, we want you to play Paul Reed more because I, I think there was some conversation internally about like, hey, Doc, we need you to play Paul Reed last year. And he was like, no, nah, I'm sticking with my veteran Dwight. And, you know, 
Um, you know, and, and that, that, that isn't me like saying anything like significant. I mean, I, I, I think it's just, you could tell, um, yeah. you know, that, 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 that they wanted to get a little younger um, and they wanted to, to, to force, you know, Paul Reed a little bit on the court and, you, and get, Doc, get Doc to do it. Um, but I think Korkma is more so than anything is, a, is now a, a more tradable contract. $5 million is a very tradable deal. Um, and then additionally, I like Niang a lot. I thought it was a good get. He can put the ball on the floor a little bit. He's more of an inside. He's more of an outside inside player, meaning that he plays from the outside. He can get to the rim, off, off, you know, and off of line drives. But he's really a, a spacer. He's a guy who can. He's a little bit younger than Mike Scott. He can play him in stretch lineups and go small. Um, so I, I like that idea as well. Um, Danny, I thought was a must resign. That was mm-hmm. that was going to be a major loss if they didn't get him back. Uh, and I, I spoke with his camp and, 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 and people in his camp were insistent that they thought he was worth about 18, 19 million per year. And I suspected it would have been about two years, 40 million would have been my guess wow. is what he would have loved. Um, he did not get that obviously. I think it's because his market just simply never played out the way that he thought it would. Um, and by the end of, I mean, really it was a product of contenders not having a lot of cap space. Like Miami went with, Kyle Lowry, obviously, they went with Markeith Morris, they went with PJ Tucker, um, and they capped themselves out there. Um, you know, the, if the Suns had Cameron Johnson, didn't make a lot of sense for them to invest in Danny Green, who would play a similar role. Um, the, the, name me another contender. I mean, it was it was New Orleans, not a, not, not a contender. Um, I think I Charlotte had yeah, on the state maybe. Golden State almost traded him and almost got him at the deadline. It, the trade, the, the trade that 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 would have brought Kyle Lowry to Philly would have included Danny Green going to the Warriors. Um, so, um, Golden State, I think, would have made sense, but I think they were also they also had some financial issues. Um, I, I, that wasn't a team mentioned to me, but the, all the teams that could afford him just weren't contenders, and so it, you know he didn't want that. He wanted to be in a city where he could enjoy and contend and playing a good playing a strong role but i think ultimately what 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 happened was he want he he was very unsure about the resolution of the ben simmons situation he liked playing with ben simmons i think that was something he 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 would have liked to continue doing um so i i, I don't know like what intel he was given about where like what the probability was of ben being back or not but i i, I can't imagine that he would have been so willing to return if you know he wasn't assured that the, hey we're going to have a guy here that you're going to get your shots from you know um you know ben will either be back or you know we're going to get this guy for him whatever so i think ultimately danny was satisfied with 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 what he was able to to derive from from returning to the sixers away from money um obviously he enjoyed the city he enjoyed playing for the team um and i think anytime you have a shooter who's a, who's a, who's a stretch guy you can spot up on the on, you know in corners. They love playing with the Sixers because Joel Embiid takes away a lot of it takes away a lot of their gravity and makes it easy for them to make shots. Um, now, you want to have that point guard, and the indications again I had were that he wanted to play with Ben. So we'll, we'll see, you know, what that looks like, and I'm curious to see what 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 he was given in the way of intel. But um, he's back, so you know the Sixers I think got marginally better, not significantly. 
there were some guys I think that they could have gone for, but I think it also is indicative of the fact that they wanted to keep some space open in case they made a big trade. Yeah. And um, I know that in like, I think about like a week or two ago, there was a report that they were shopping Tobias Harris. Uh, what's your read on that? No, no, um, that, that wasn't real. I, 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 I do know that, that when they, when, when the Harden thing really first came about, it was a like very early season. I'm talking like January time, uh, early January, Daryl, I, I was told that, that, that they floated out a trade. It was like Tobias shake and some firsts or some picks, whatever for Harden. And that never really like, obviously Houston, they didn't move the needle for Houston. I, I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all for that. Um, but there was, I mean, that was an offer floated out there. Um, and never materialized, but as far as I know, that Doc loves uh, Tobias. Daryl likes Tobias a lot. They really were happy with the way that he improved. He improved his, um, his, you know, and got back to what he can be last season. And I just don't think that like, judging the guy off of two bad playoff games is a, is a good strategy. Yeah, but um, to like really get into I guess the meat and potatoes of it. Uh, back on Ben Simmons. Um, over the last few weeks, there's been a lot that has come out about him, you know, not talking to anybody in the organization and him not returning Joel Embiid's phone calls. Um, so for you, I know you've been on top of it. So uh, sort of paint a picture for us. What What is really going on with this situation? So I, I'll start out by saying this. I think like when you have a, such a high, high level player, um, in any sport who has who's represented by some of the, 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 the biggest names in the game and you're playing for a high profile organization you're going to have leaks coming from a thousand different angles um and you know people are going to say different things that they're hearing and most of the time it's 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 authentic truth they are hearing things but they're just not sure you know where those voices are coming from, and what those voices are credible, what their what their what their end game or what their goal is, and saying what they're going to say. So, my point in all this is, you have voices from the Sixers organization that are saying one thing. You have voices from the clutch side of things and Ben's camp. I'm pretty confident that the that the the, the Golden State thing, the, the the thing that came out last week from Jason Dumas, I'm pretty confident that was like directly from Draymond Green. Um, I, I think he was the one that leaked that um, because I think Draymond's been trying to get Ben there for a while. I think Draymond once would like to have Ben Simmons in Golden State. Um, so I believe that 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 the the comments about you know him not being in contact are perhaps a little bit overstated. I do think that it's awkward right now because Ben just doesn't know who we can trust. Like he doesn't he doesn't want to like talk to these people if he thinks that he's going to get traded in two minutes and they're all just like they think it's fake right it's a fake feeling um i i think daryl has tried to communicate with him a little bit um and he's sort of been like passive and ben's been a little bit passive i think but by all accounts uh my understanding is that ben would would would, would welcome returning to philadelphia um and you know it would, would, would it would you know he'd be okay with it now would it shock me if Rich Paul tells him, you know, you should hold out and not come to training camp. You should hold out and not play until they trade you. Wouldn't shock me at all. That's the kind of business that Rich Paul runs. Um, but I think when it comes down to it, I, I just I just don't see a situation where he can come back, honestly. Um, I mean, 
he's shown that you know internally he has some some demons that he needs to conquer and i don't know that philadelphia philadelphia is is certainly not the type of fan, fan base and market where yeah and that was that was going to be my next point though that i want to jump into like with the fan base and all the noise and you know what type yeah. of impact could that have yeah um i'll say this you're not going to get a more passionate fan base than philadelphia yeah i also think that what danny green said regardless of how many games he played in front of fans regardless of how long he's been here it's something that i think is worth listening to it's a veteran player who is very respected around the league he's not just telling you what he thinks he's telling you things that he's heard from his teammates in the past and other players he's telling you you gotta chill a little bit you should listen to him because what that what that really means is think about all the guys in in, in previous off seasons that you could have gotten that would have helped you get a championship but they didn't want to come because they because they didn't feel like dealing with a with with, with a crazy fan base like i think if you had the like, like and what what if that that those were the factors that prevented you from getting let's say Kawhi leonard right you, 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 you're you're literally chasing championship chances away from your city in a sense and so i think well it, you know it's personal and it burns philly fans it's something that is worth considering because it's a, it's a reflection of how other players feel and it begs the question of how has this affected the fans in terms of uh, how has this affected the franchise in the past how many free agents have said no nah, i'm good i'm going to go to new orleans or i'm going to go to la or to brooklyn whatever instead of coming to philly because they didn't feel like getting booed and chastised every time they made a mistake right think it, you think it has that much of an impact like honestly i don't know how big of an impact it is but i think when you're trying to court a marquee free agent yeah if they if they're if if they're saying I don't want to I I don't I don't want to play in front of like this kind of a fan base, <laughs> that matters, that matters, and especially in a salary cap league where basically, in, in a lot of cases, all money is equal, right? Yeah, and um, jumping back on uh, Ben's side of things, um, and I don't want to turn this into a, like a bash Ben type of deal, but. You know, just like from a fan perspective, I think they see the reports that, you know, he's cut off contact. He isn't answering in these phone calls. And, you know, you have the sort of meltdown in the playoffs. And, you know, people, they're, you know, they're, they're upset. They're angry with them. Yeah, and, and, and I get it. He's certainly not in a position of power, right? Um, and, he, and, and he, he certainly isn't credible enough to, to, to be like, Hey, like this is BS. Get me out of here. Yeah. Yada yada yada. But like, put yourself. You know, he's a human being, right? Yeah. And put yourself in the perspective of, of you know, like, think about yourself. Like, if you had a, if you had some, if you had a somebody who you felt was a fake friend hitting you up, you wouldn't respond, right? You, yeah, you shouldn't sure. respond. Yeah. Um. So, I see where he's coming from. I also think that he's a professional, getting paid a max contract. There, when you have this sort of a this this, this sort of a failure like 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 he had this past season and make no mistake it was a failure by all by by 100 100 you can't can't deny it um you have to have a level of introspection and you have to get in the gym and say this is where i came up short this is why i came up short do you agree with me if not where can we meet in the middle ground where we can really make some progress here um and and, and get me to a good spot 
I think those are the things that a, a superstar player, a superstar mentality is going to do. And, you know, he's a star level player. I think he's one of the more underrated players in the league. The fans are so anti Ben Simmons that, you know, that they're, they're ready to trade him for a washing machine. <laughs> he's he, he, by all, I, I, I would guarantee you that 27 to 28 teams in the NBA would love to have Ben Simmons. Yeah. Um, I think right now, it's about rehabbing his mental and figuring out, you know, how can we get him back to the right place? But <clears throat> it's a two-way street. He has to come in here and understand, I need to get better. I, I hit my low point. I have to rebound from this. How do we rebound? And it's a collaborative effort. And I, I, I don't know either way. I have no intel either way as to whether he's been open to that collaborative effort to get better and to be a different player. And if he hasn't, then you have a massive problem. You have a massive, massive problem that you need to wash your hands of immediately. Because if, if that doesn't get him to turn it around, nothing will. Yeah. But, you know, you talk about the mentality and, you know, him needing to sort of be, like, introspective about it. Um, Like, it's what is – he's going into his sixth year, right? Sixth year, fifth missed, year? He missed his rookie year, uh, 17, 18, 18, 20, Fifth year. Fifth year. Yeah. And there's been playoff failures that have, I guess, been sort of, you know, on his shoulders. Um, and I don't think it's a stress to say he hasn't really shown that, I guess, sort of want to, to, I guess, develop his game on the offensive side of the ball or, you know, just do the things necessary for, you know, the Sixers to uh, progress. Um. Do you on like? Do you honestly think it's going to be different this time around? I don't know. All right. I mean, I don't. I don't think anybody knows. Um, the people who want to get the, the side of people who want to get him out of Philadelphia, and 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 you know the the, the side of um, you know the 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 side of the, the side the, the, the side of the, the camp of, of, of people around Ben Simmons that wants him out of Philadelphia is probably going to say something like, nah, like, yeah. like, 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 like get him out. Like he's not, the, he, this is the way he is like trade him. Um, and then, you know, the camp of people that, 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 that want him to be in Philadelphia are going to say like, he can be better. He can, he, 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 he can be, you know, he, he, he can make those changes. So really it's going to be about first and foremost, him acknowledging his shortcomings and making an effort to do that. And sometimes as humans, it, when, when we've been, when we've had such success in a sport and I mean his entire life, he's been bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic, mm -hmm. more gifted and just naturally gifted than everybody else. You can't discount how that plays into a player's mind. He comes into the league. He thinks, well, shit, I can do this. I've been able to do this my entire career. I don't have to do this. I don't have to shoot. And, you know, that, that carries into how he's played these first couple of years and he's turned into an all-star despite it. And I just think now he's in a position where I've hit my lowest point. I have to come back from that. And so we'll see. Yeah. And I think that's uh, one of the things that may, you know, lean on his side, you know, I don't think it's really been magnified to the level it is uh it was in these playoffs um as far as his struggles mm -hmm. so i think that may be i guess a sort of like changing point or 
you know, like you said, you know, an area of introspective introspectiveness for him to, you know, really realize he needs to make those changes. Yeah, I mean, he's he's had he's had poor second round playoff performances, but at least the first, you know, the, his rookie year, excuse was well, he's a rookie, he'll get better. Yeah. Then the second year, it was well, Jimmy Butler took the offense over in the playoffs, and, um, you know, it's a hard spot for him to be in. I get that. Two years ago, it was he the team he was two years ago he was the best player on the team hands down um and you know he gets hurt with the knee um and you know they get swept out of the first round so that was like the biggest in favor of ben simmons argument you could have made this season it was truly and i know you can't blame it all one person it's a team game i understand that there were other factors doc joel had two horrible games um tobias had two hard you know tobias had two horrible games ben was by far the reason they lost that series um and so he's been embarrassed on the court he's been embarrassed on a national spotlight his 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 decision to pass out of a dunk has been the biggest meme in the nba the last two months um and now it's his time the time the time is his and it's it's either going to be a great comeback story or a a i guess a a a uh a foreshadow of of what the rest of his career is going to be yeah and um, I think it's definitely just it's just a frustrating ordeal from all perspectives all around. Um, you know, the fans have been patient with him. The organization has been patient with him. You know, we see all these different videos every offseason of him shooting. And then in the games, it's kind of like it's not there. Um, you know, it's like I said, you know, it's just frustrating all around. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm, I've never been one of the champion. Like, I, I think I, I think when I was first getting into the media game, that was the only time I really felt like Ben needed to be able to shoot jumpers. I don't think that anymore. I, I haven't thought that for a couple of years, just because I've seen him be the best player on, a, on the, on the floor against good teams and without even shooting jumpers. Um, and so it isn't the jump shot to me. It's the getting to the rim and being under and not, and not being denied. It's more aggressiveness. Yeah. I'm going to get past you. I'm going to get over you. I am going to find a way here and you're not going to stop me. And he has ways of doing it. He has spin moves. He has a, he has a tighter handle than when he came into the league. Um, he, 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 he can do it. It's that he, he, there's an internal impediment that's it's, that's causing him to not be aggressive. So if he's aggressive, he gets to the foul line makes, you know, 60 to 65% of his free throws. You can work with that. You can absolutely work with that. Yeah. And so I guess to put a bow on it, uh, do you think Ben Simmons is back with the Sixers open at night? Is he in the starting lineup? No. Nope. I think it's going to be Damian Miller. Hmm. <laughs> yep. I'm pretty confident in it. Um, I just think the buzz is getting too loud. And I think you have – it's such a rare scenario where, on one hand, you have a star who's had a kind of a bitter ending or a bitter – a bitter breakup with his team in, in Ben Simmons. And then on the other hand, you have a guy that basically is on the verge of requesting a trade. Right. And why do you think, why do you think he hasn't uh, speaking on Damian Lillard? Yeah. Everything I've heard says that like the talk of team USA was like, he wants out, he's going to get out. Like, like, like that's it. But then there was like people who were like, no, Dame is just like, he doesn't want to say it or admit it. 
he's kind of in like this denial stage where he has to kind of come to grips with the, the fact that he can't have it both ways. He has to, you know, there has to be a decision made either. I want to stay and not win, or I want to go and win. Um, but I think we're getting, I think we're heading in that direction. We're getting close to the point. Now you're seeing a bunch of, uh, you're seeing a bunch of reports surface out of Portland about how um, they couldn't get Hassan Whiteside. They couldn't get um, Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre. It, to me, that's my interpretation of that. That's his camp saying, okay, we want to get out. This is how we make us look less villainous and less like the, like the bad guy. We say, these are all the guys I couldn't get. These are all role player level guys that, that didn't want to come to Portland and you want me to stay here. Um, so I think we're headed in that direction um, and to him getting asking for a trade. And it just so happens that Ben Simmons represents a, a, a good young piece that you can build, that you can sort of start that rebuild with. And Lillard's a perfect, you know, fit in Philadelphia. I also think that the golden state thing makes sense because if, if the, if the, if the Blazers don't want picks, it's like the per, it's like it's still like the perfect thing for for Golden State to come third wheel and say, well, hey, you guys have a good trade framework. One team doesn't want the other team's guy. We'll take him and we'll send in our assets to you, and you guys can take the picks and whatever and get younger and rebuild and totally. We'll take the All Star and then Philly gets what they want. So, I think it is a it's sort of just aligning very well. I'd be very surprised if if they didn't pull that trade off. I just think the Sixers are just way too motivated and quite frankly, a little bit desperate to make a trade. Yeah. Um, so I guess that, that wraps up the Sixers part of things. Um, you went to the Eagles. I haven't, I don't you know. I follow you. You follow me. I don't really see you talk a lot about them. So one thing I've learned in, the, in this whole social media age is that you get in trouble if you talk about things you don't know about. <laughs> and so I try to stay away from the Eagles cause I, I'm not, I'm not like a massive football guy, but I, I, I know my way around a little bit. Yeah. What's your feel on them for this year? Uh, too many question marks, right? I mean, special teams is going to be a big, big question mark. I like their receivers. They're young. Um, you know, they're, they're getting, a, they're getting younger, obviously. Um, it's all about the offensive line. If yeah. Jalen Hurts gets comfortable, he can, he can get, he can establish his rhythm. They, they play a little bit more of a mixed pass run game. I think that, you know, those are all things that, that, that are equate to a, a better season. But I think, there's reason for optimism because because Jalen Hurts is not really on a ton of team scouting reports yet. They're gonna, you know, they're, he's gonna he's gonna have some great moments just solely off solely off the fact that he hasn't proven anything and teams don't really know him that well. But um, it helps them. It helps that they're in a, that they're in a garbage division. I mean, I think if they're if they're five and six, five and seven, I think they have a chance to go out there and, and do something and win the division. Maybe you see them like go after a guy like Philip Rivers. So. Um, you know, we'll see, but that's a very, that's a very, uh, it's an, it's an incredibly lucrative media job is the Eagles that they, they, uh, their coverage is king. Yeah. But, um, something that's going to wrap everything up for us. Um, I want to tell you, man, I appreciate you for joining me, man. Um, you know, I appreciate you for, you know, all the knowledge and tips and different things you give me whenever I hit you up. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's sometimes it can be a very, it's always a competitive business, right? But it's more along the lines of like sometimes you just don't have people who are willing to help because they're kind of they 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 think they're kind of helping their competition. Um, and I I understand that, but the really the goal at the end of all this is that we we have as journalists 
and as media, we have to get as close to the truth as possible. And if you don't want to help the younger generation and help those people who, you know, are younger than you, even if you haven't made it to the top yourself, um, you're, you're in danger of, of leaving the industry worse than when you, when what you started it in. And that's not what you want. That, 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 the journalism has to constantly get better because the further we stray from the truth, the worse off it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, before we get out of here, um, to everybody listening, uh, thank you for listening. And on whichever podcast streaming platform you're listening on, be sure to give us a rating and leave a review. Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at New Norm Pod and catch my written work as well as the entire Philly Blitz team over on thephillyblitz.com and follow us on Twitter at thephillyblitz underscore. And um, Austin, you can plug your uh, your Twitter and everything. Follow Philly Blitz. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a good it's a good website. I, I read I read your Eagles content. It's good stuff. Um, find me on Twitter at NBA Krell, where I'm always trying to insert my dad jokes and break news and write about the Sixers. So find me there. Recently verified too, man. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's it's been a game changer. It's it's definitely the it's that it's it's that the, the check mark phenomenon is 100 percent real. <laughs> All right.